Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, buddy. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. Hope you enjoyed our special live show from Watkins Glen last Sunday. I had a blast doing it, and what a great day it was at the Glen last Sunday for the uh, live show from the Media Center, and then enjoying the uh, go bowling at the Glen and seeing Chase Elliott win for the second straight year as a... I don't know, now that that's in the rearview mirror, it's like this is just kind of the uh, the stretch run, the the stretch run to the finish here, the 2019 season of Fast Track here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Just three more shows left after today, and then it's uh, Bill's season. Well, it is Bill's season now, but the regular season for the Buffalo Bills gets fired up here on Sunday mornings on WGR Sports Radio 550. So uh, we will have uh, just three more shows after today. Our last show will be Labor Day weekend, September the 1st, and then, of course, uh, kickoff to the uh, Bill season is just uh, barely less than a month away. September 8th is the uh, season opener uh, against the uh, Jets, right? Is that right? Jets? I think it's the Jets. So uh, three shows left after today. Thanks for uh, going on the ride with us here in 2019. It's been a blast. Uh, as always, phone lines are open this morning, 803-0551-888-552-550. Did you go to the Glen last week? What did you think? Uh, Chase Elliott's dominating performance, the uh, on-track shenanigans between drivers like Kyle Busch and Bubba Wallace and Kyle Busch and William Byron and Jimmy Johnson and Ryan Blaney, too. Uh, if you just went last week, your thoughts on just attending the race, maybe you went for the first time, maybe you've been there a bunch of times, uh, maybe you sat in the uh, the new uh, General Mission berm area they built there in turn one in the 90. I didn't get down there, but I was near there on Sunday, and that looked kind of cool. And you had the the as um, they had the berm, and they had some uh, like canopies or something set up there, and you were right by the video screen. That seemed like a neat place to watch the racing from. Um, so if you were at the Glen last week, would love to hear from you, 803-0551-888-550-2550. You can also tweet us. We're at Fast Track 550 on Twitter, facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track if you want to hit us up on social media. Coming up on today's program, this first segment's wide open. Again, I want to hear from you, especially if you were at the Glen last weekend. Uh, again, phone lines are open, so this first segment's wide open, and we'll talk about Last week's race, we'll look ahead to today's race in Michigan, which you can hear right here on WGR, by the way. Pre-race coverage coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon from our friends at the Motor Racing Network, including Dave Moody, who joined us uh, at the Glen last Sunday. But today's race, the Consumers Energy 400, the 50th annual Consumers Energy 400 um, from the Michigan International Speedway. Again, coverage starts at 2. Green flag just after 3 o'clock this afternoon here on WGR Sports Radio 550. We'll have live flag-to-flag coverage. Uh, so... And we'll talk about that and uh, 
playoffs, baby. We're closing in on the postseason for uh, all three uh, major NASCAR national series, including the trucks, which start their playoffs this week at Bristol. So we'll kind of touch upon all that here in just a sec. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, Race of Champions Modified Series driver and four-time and defending series champion Chuck Hosfeld will join us at the bottom of the hour. The Hot Shoe will be in action this Saturday night at Lancaster Speedway in New York International Raceway Park for the 30th annual Tommy Drewer, Tony Jankowiak Memorial Modified 110. Plus, Chuck uh, made some headlines of his own last week going into the series race at Chemung and putting on social media that this season is apparently going to be his last behind the wheel uh, of a Modified. So I uh, want to talk to Chuck about that and I'll look ahead to the race at Lancaster this Saturday and maybe look back a bit, too, on his uh career, which has spanned almost 25 years uh, since moving up from the go-karts into the street stocks at Lancaster and then up to the Modifieds. And uh, 20 years ago, uh, dominating things, uh, winning championships at Lancaster and Spencer and winning the race of champions at Oswego uh, 20 years ago this year. So uh, we'll hopefully talk to the hot shoe at the bottom of the hour. But again, phone lines are open here, 803-0551-888-552-550. And the last week's race at the Glen, um, you know, it was a dominate, obviously a dominating force by Chase Elliott. Led 80 of 90 laps, maybe something we didn't expect uh, because there's been so much um, just act, you know, crazy action at the Glen over the last you know eight to ten years. So um, not seeing a lot of lead changes, I guess something maybe I didn't expect at the start of the day. But that means it, did, of course, it didn't lack for excitement uh, on Sunday afternoon. I was kind of, um, I, I enjoyed. At the track, uh, you know, usually when you're in the media, in the media, you sit in the media center. You don't see a thing. You just watch it on TVs and you listen to it. So you, you, we're right alongside the front straightaway, but you don't see anything. So I hate doing that. And since my go- biggest job on, on when I go to the Glen is the show. Once the show's done, I'm kind of off the clock, I guess you could say. Uh, I do a little write up for WGR550.com, but I'm not writing big columns and chasing stories you know i'm i'm my main goal is doing that show sunday morning so technically my work was done but obviously just wanted to to cover the event as well too but i don't like just sitting in the media center for the whole race so i usually venture out and uh, i want made my way down into turn one and uh thanks to our friends over at genesee beer uh for uh, letting me crash their hospitality area um Hung out there just right at the end of the front straightaway, right before they make the 90-degree right-hander. So that was a cool place to watch. I spent, I don't know, maybe a a third of the race down there just kind of watching things. And it was uh, neat uh, for a couple of reasons. A, just to see the cars up in person. But B, see the crowd, too. There's the the hospitality area there. And then there's the two grandstands there in turn one. And uh, before they head up the S's and, again, that new general admission berm area that they had built this year. So it's interesting to listen to the crowd and see what they react to and everything, too. And uh, definitely Chase Elliott, like Chase said uh, in post-race on Sunday. Actually, he said in Victory Lane, he was on the uh, – I, I didn't see the TV broadcast since I was there, so I don't know what he said on television. But the public address announcer there at the Glen was interviewing him in Victory Lane, and he said, I've never been this far away from home and, and have it feel like my home track. And he was right because the crowd went nuts uh, every time he took the lead and when he was leading Martin Truex there throughout most of the race. Uh, the crowd certainly loved it, and they also love to hate Kyle Busch at Watkins Glen because any when uh, he spun uh, in turn one, and then when he got dumped by Bubba Wallace later in the race too, uh, the place went nuts, and uh, they certainly like seeing that. And when the, uh, Kyle got the pit road speeding penalty, that too, just every every time something bad happened on Kyle Busch on Sunday, the folks at least down in turn one, they're in the ninety, uh, certainly enjoyed 
uh, seeing bad things happen to Kyle Busch. So uh, definitely that's a that's a Chase Elliott track at Watkins Glen International. So, I mean, Chase dominated, but Trucks was there all day long chasing him, uh, especially throughout the last stage, and it never seemed like he could get close enough to challenge him as much as we've seen in years past. Was it the Aero Package? I don't know. Uh, Truex was saying on the radio that it was, you know, making it difficult to catch and pass him. Was there that, you know, bubble of air around the nine car that uh, Truex just could not close in and make a serious challenge, or was just Chase that good? Uh, it depends on uh, how you feel and how you look at it. Maybe who you were cheering for on Sunday, uh, what you thought on how that was. But would have liked to see Truex make a better challenge. He did get um, the one restart. You know, a little bit of contact there. But one thing I go and never really got much closer than a few car lengths. But still, the entertainment was there. It was still close, pretty much right to the finish, although Chase started to pull away towards the end. But still a good race on the surface. But on top of that, we got all the other drama with the usual beating and banging we see at a road course race in, in NASCAR these days. Uh, and it started early on when uh, Kyle Busch and William Byron went down into turn one. And there wasn't really contact, but they were certainly close to each other. And, uh, you know, Kyle spun and did a great 360 and everybody around him did a great job avoiding running into Kyle there as they after they made the the turn there in turn one. Um, But that started a a little day long feud between uh, Bush and Byron. And then they had a second bout of contact. And then Chad Knauss got on the 24 radio and told, you know, Byron to, to go, you know, get some payback. And uh, Byron showed how inexperienced he is because he decided to drive right into the back of Kyle under caution and uh, did more damage to to his own car than the back of Kyle's car. And then, of course, later on in the race, Bubba Wallace had enough after he got turned by Kyle in the uh, carousel, I believe it was, uh, jumped Kyle down the front straightaway. Uh, They were leaning on each other, and then he hooked him right in the, I think it was the left rear corner of the 18 car and spun Kyle under caution. So... Um, you know, Kyle had an eventful day and, and still, I think, finished 11th in the end and is still, you know, leading the points after all that. Uh, still up by 13 on Joey Logano. And then, of course, there was the uh, Ryan Blaney getting into Jimmy Johnson. And those two kind of had a, a meeting in the minds after the race. And Jimmy was none too pleased with young Ryan Blaney. Blaney kind of shook it off. But uh, we got you got drama. You got excitement. You got another good race at uh, Watkins Glen International. Always a good time. And, uh, you know, again, maybe the battle for the lead wasn't as close as some had hoped, but, you know, definitely um, Truex had some had some things for um, Chase Elliott at times. But as the as that second or that final stage wore on, Chase was able to pull away. Kyle Larson tried some pit strategy that didn't play out. Uh, You know, Kyle Kyle Larson was one of the few guys to lead some laps on Sunday outside of Chase Elliott, tried to. Uh, use a little pit strategy. He got to lead early on in the race, but uh, the cautions didn't fall his way and, and things didn't play out the way the 42 team wanted. And unfortunately, uh, Kyle didn't get the finish he was looking for as he's trying to kind of sew up his playoff position as uh, he is uh, 14th coming into today's race, but still get a top did get a top 10 finish, finishing 8th there at Watkins Glen last week. Again, 803 So, no surprise winner at the Glen. You know, no Matt DiBenedetto, who had, by the way, great run for Matty D. Again, another top 10 finish on a road course. And uh, DiBenedetto, uh, I think that's like three straight. I'm going to confirm this here. Three straight top 10s for him. Or, excuse me. Um, let's see. The, uh, three out of his last five starts were top 10 finishes. Daytona. Uh, Loudon and now Watkins Glen. He finished in the top ten, but still, he's uh, he's hitting it here. The in this, he's kind of going having a good day, bad day ever since 
Chicago, uh, Sonoma. Fourth at Sonoma, but then 27th at Chicago. Eighth at Daytona, but then 16th at Kentucky. Fifth at Loudoun, 17th at Pocono, but then sixth last week at Watkins Glen. So is today the down day for DiBenedetto. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, unfortunately, he's not gained a lot in the standings. He's only moved from 25th to 23rd for DiBenedetto, but um, still, good run for him last week. But we didn't get a surprise winner like that. He didn't win, or a Chris Busher or a Michael McDowell, you know, some guy out of nowhere kind of monkeying up the uh, the playoff standings. So uh, things kind of stayed pretty status quo with Kyle Busch leading Joey Logano by 13 points. You know, Chase Elliott picking up another win. He's got three on the season. Uh, he is eighth in the standings. And uh, the bubble for the playoffs still looks uh, kind of the same, but we've got Jimmy Johnson and Ryan Newman tied for 16th coming into today's race in Michigan. Both with 544, they are uh, 12 back of uh, 15th place Clint Boyer. And then Kyle Larson is 14th, but he has uh, about 46 points uh, up on uh, Johnson and Newman. And then Suarez is back in 18th, and he is... Uh, 13 back of Johnson and Newman, and then Paul Menard is uh, almost 60 points out. So really, that that it's tightening up there. It's still close. You still got you know three, four, five maybe drivers on the bubble, but uh, with four, uh, three races to go here in the regular season uh, today, then Bristol next Saturday, and then Darlington Labor Day weekend. Uh, really, uh, things are starting to clear up with the playoff picture there at the bottom, but. Again, anything can happen if someone, like we mentioned, the Benedetto or a Busher, a Stenhouse, a Dylan brother, you know, somebody sneaks up there and win. That could really uh, throw a lot of drama into the mix if a guy outside of the top 16 wins one of these last three races. I don't expect it to happen. I, again, last week was maybe our last best chance at it, but anything's possible, especially with Bristol and Darlington. Anything could happen. Um, but still, uh, things really coming into focus for the playoff situation uh, there in the Cup Series. Uh, for today's race, Brad Keselowski on the pole alongside Kevin Harvick. Both drivers always run very well there at Michigan. The uh, Hendrick boys, William Byron and Alex Bowman, will be in row two. Clint Boyer and the aforementioned Chase Elliott in row three. Then Penske drivers Ryan Blaney and Joey Logano. And then uh, Paul Menard, good qualifying effort for the 21 team, uh, puts uh, all four Penske and Penske-related cars there inside the top 10. Jimmy Johnson, who needs a good day, obviously, uh, he will start 10th today. Same for Daniel Suarez. He could use a, he needs a great day to get back into playoff contention. He rolls off 11th. Kurt Busch is 13th. Denny Hamlin, 14th. Martin Truex Jr., who coincidentally making his 500th career cup start today at Michigan. He rolls off 15th today. Eric Jones back in 16th. Larson is 17th. Kyle Busch way back in 22nd. Uh, Bubba Wallace qualified 26th. Ryan Priest back in 29th. And uh, that'll kind of do it for notable names in the field for today at Michigan. Uh, PJ1 Traction Compound, that's the story of the day at Michigan uh, after a lackluster race there earlier this summer. Uh, NASCAR has uh, gone out and tried to apply some uh, PJ1 Traction Compound to the outer groove to try and get these cars to run side-by-side side better, allow for some more passing because of the uh, the air bubble the aero package creates. And they've gone and expanded. Uh, expanded that uh, by a couple of feet in the corners after practice yesterday. A couple of drivers uh, kind of uh, campaigning to NASCAR to widen the PJ1 out there in the racetrack, and they decided to do that. So it'll be a little bit wider for today's race, as I guess where NASCAR had put it was a little too high up the banking and not where the drivers needed it to be to kind of get a second groove going. So they've brought it down a couple of feet so drivers can try and take advantage of that today so we can see a, a, a little bit more side-by-side -side action than we saw uh, when they raced back in June there at Michigan International Speedway. As again, this was one of the tracks 
early in the summer that kind of had a stinker of a race because of the aero package and the low and the downforce with the low horsepower, uh, just not real conducive to passing. So uh, NASCAR trying to do what they can to try and improve things, uh, just to kind of put a better product on uh, for the folks in the stands and more importantly the ones watching on uh, television. Uh, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. Xfinity Series ran at Mid-Ohio yesterday as they're in their summer of road courses. Of course, started last week at Watkins Glen and then yesterday at Mid-Ohio. And the same story in both two races, Austin Sindrick. We talked about Austin's win last week uh, at the Glen uh, over A.J. Allmendinger, and he did it again yesterday at Mid-Ohio with another road course victory for Sindrick back-to-back. He beat Christopher Bell, finished second. A.J. Allmendinger finished third. More importantly, he passed Tech for the first time. Third Xfinity start of the season, first two times, finished second, and got bounced in post-race inspection. This time, the dinger passed and gets to keep his third-place finish. Good for him. Tyler Reddick, Noah Gregson uh, rounded out the top five yesterday there at Mid-Ohio. And the Xfinity Series playoffs, uh, they're pretty much set. It's it's obviously the uh, a lot of the power is at the t- very top of the field. You know, we've seen the big three, as they'd like to call it, combined for 13 out of the 21 race wins this year in Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Cole Custer. Austin Sindrick's now got a, uh, a pair of wins, too. So outside of that, the only other winners this year are Chase Briscoe and Michael Lynette. But uh, they only take, they take 12 drivers for their playoff field. And uh, barring a major upset, the, the, those guys are set. I do find it interesting, though, the Xfinity Series playoff, only seven races long, and uh, their playoffs, or their regular season doesn't end until they get to uh, Las Vegas uh, later in the season. So it's kind of weird once the Cup and Truck regular seasons will be over with, the Xfinity Series regular season keeps going uh, all the way until uh, Vegas is the, yeah, the last race of their um regular season, and then they have their 12-driver playoff, which starts at Richmond, goes Richmond, Roval, and then Dover, then Kansas, Texas, Phoenix, and then, of course, wraps up at uh, Homestead, Miami for the championship. So uh, uh, they still have a a little bit longer stretch to their uh, regular season. They still have five races to go uh, with Bristol this week, and then Road America, Darlington, Indy, and Las Vegas for the Xfinity Series. Uh, I don't know. I just have a hard time getting invested in the Xfinity series. I know there's a lot of talented young drivers in the field, but just can't. It doesn't hold my interest, and I don't think it's because I want to see Cup drivers either. I just, I, I, I'm just, I don't know. Just can't get attached to these personalities, and plus, just being busy on Saturdays in general is just hard for me to invest time to watch those races. I didn't even. I uh, was busy yesterday. Was was at a party and just you know couldn't really dial into that race. So. Um, but uh, it's good to see uh, some talent. Looking forward to, to seeing, though, once guys like Chris Rebell and Tyler Reddick come to the Cup Series, which could be as soon as next season. I know it's some great talent. Just right now, it's not holding my interest uh, watching the Xfinity Series. And, of course, the Truck Series, they wrapped up their regular season yesterday at Michigan. And it was, uh, I don't know, I'm surprised the world didn't end yesterday because we had two Austins, two kids named Austin win in the <laughs> NASCAR's National Series yesterday, as was Austin Sindrick in the Xfinity Series and Austin Hill in the Truck Series yesterday at Michigan for his second win of the season. Uh, Sheldon Creed finished second. Tyler Dipple, who started out his career running Dirt Modifieds uh, at the uh, eastern end of New York State, but has been in the Truck Series now for a couple of years. Uh, he finished third. That's his best run ever in the Truck Series. Brett Moffitt, Austin Wayne Self, 
uh, round out the top five. Stuart Friesen finished eighth, and Stuart, of course, locked into the postseason with his truck win in Eldora a week ago. And uh, their playoff field is set, and uh, Brett Moffitt will uh, lead the points going to the postseason. Grant Enfinger won the regular season championship without a win, and but locked himself into the postseason. Stuart Friesen will enter the playoffs in third. Then Austin Hill, Ross Chastain, Matt Crafton, who also made it in without a win, and uh, he kind of clinched his position uh, once uh, no driver that hasn't already won this year in the uh, top 20 of truck points yet won yesterday at Michigan, so that made it easy for Crafton. Johnny Sauter and Tyler Ankrum, the uh, playoff field for the trucks, and uh, their playoffs start this Thursday night when, the, uh, of course, the big Bristol uh, night race weekend coming up, so the trucks start their playoffs on Thursday and uh, they, again, also, just like the Xfinity Series, they kind of have a weird schedule uh, to kind of start their playoffs. Again, they start at Bristol, then they go uh, to Canadian Tire Motorsports Park up in Bowmanville, Ontario on August the 25th. Then they're off until they go to Vegas in September, and then they're off for another month till they go to Talladega. So weird how uh, kind of choppy the uh, opening round of the postseason is for the truck series. But then after that, they go Talladega off till Martinsville for a week, and then they go to Martinsville, then Phoenix Homestead, of course. But a weird uh, kind of playoff schedule for the Truck Series, too, with that month off in between the uh, second and or first and second rounds. Of course, they only have the eight-driver playoff field, so they go eight, six to four to get their, their final four at Homestead. Uh, that's probably good for Stuart Friesen, though. He can... He can kind of lock himself into a lot of the big uh, end-of-season dirt modified races, especially Super Dirt Week at Oswego. He can kind of concentrate on that uh, after getting out of Vegas, hopefully still in the postseason. Uh, he can focus on uh, running the modified and then get turn his attention to running Talladega for the uh, second round of the postseason. But again, 803-0551-888-550-2550. Uh, today at Michigan, I'm not looking... I'm not looking forward to much. Hopefully the grip strip comes in, um, but I think your winner today is probably going to come from your, your top two starters, and both drivers probably would love to get a win. They've already won this season, both Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick, but I'm sure they'd like to uh, you know pick up some more playoff points and uh, get the get their season going again because it's kind of been an up-and-down season, especially for Harvick, of course, with only one win. Keselowski you know, piled up some wins early in the year. But interesting thing, coming into today with the, the Cup Series, they've had nine different winners in the last nine races, which is weird compared to how this season started when it was just the same three, four guys winning all the races, Denny, you know, Brad, uh, Joey and Kyle, you know, winning all the races for the first eight weeks and then Truex and Elliot. And then, you know, and then it would seem like we, you know, throw them in the mix, but these last nine races, we've had nine different winners. You had, uh, Elliot at the Glen last week, then Denny Hamlin before that Harvick at New Hampshire, Kurt Busch, Kentucky, Justin Haley at Daytona, uh, Alex Bowman at Chicago, Truex at Sonoma, and uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, seven. So Logano, eight, Kyle Busch, Pocono. So since Pocono in June, we've had nine different winners in the Cup Series, and who could be that tenth different winner? Uh, it could be Brad Keselowski today uh, as he looks for his fourth win of the season and another win at his home track up there in Michigan. Uh, could it be William Byron's day to break through and get a first career Cup Series win? That young man uh, has been improving this season, had a rough go of it last weekend at Watkins Glen with Kyle Busch, as we talked about. 
but Boyer, or excuse me, uh, Byron uh, could be the the next driver to break through for a first win, uh, or could it be his teammate Jimmy Johnson breaking through for a first win this season? Uh, a lot of guys that could just use that peace of mind with a a win here in the regular season and, and not have to worry the last couple weeks of the playoffs, knowing they're going to uh, go into the postseason, especially uh, the forty eight of Jimmy Johnson. Uh, we're up against the break now. When we come back, though, Chuck Hosfeld's going to join us. Chuck will be racing this Saturday at Lancaster Speedway for the Tommy Drewer, Tony Jankowiak Memorial 110 for the Race of Champions Modified Series. We're going to talk to the Hot Shoe next here on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. <laughs> Never fails, Mike. Make me laugh every time. 803-0550-1130 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan and uh, WGR's Fast Track. Yeah, that Brad, I don't know, that Brad Keselowski rejoined. The way he says WGR, I don't know, just gets me every time. And I don't know. It's not like Mike. I should have known because Brad's on the poll today for the race. I should have expected it there, but Mike just sneaks it in there. Uh, gives me a, a chuckle every time. Uh, 803-0551, 888-552-550. Uh, mentioned Matt DiBenedetto. And, uh, again, uh, he's a big piece of the, the Silly Season puzzle, which is taking its time being put together this year. Usually by now we've got a few announcements, but there's a, a lot of balls still up in the air for, for 2020 with the Cup Series with uh, Matt DiBenedetto. What, if he's going to be back in the 95 car? Where is Christopher Bell going to be? Where is Eric Jones going to be? You know, this kind of logjam of young drivers connected to Joe Gibbs Racing, and the the '95 team is connected to is uh, kind of like a satellite team for Gibbs. But uh, just a lot of balls up in the air right now for for those young drivers, and who's going to be where um, come the uh, 2020 season in the Cup Series. I do know where one driver is going to be this Saturday night. He's going to be at Lancaster Speedway. He's going to be driving the Jury Griddle Motors number 22 modified with the Race of Champions modified series. He is the defending and four-time series champion, the Hot Shoe. Chuck Hosfeld joins us on the line this morning. Chuck, good morning, my friend. How we doing? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you today? Doing well. And, uh, yeah, this Saturday, one of the big ones of the year, Chuck, the Tommy Tony, the 30th annual Tommy Tony 110 for Tommy Drewer and Tony Jankowiak. Uh, Chuck, I know this race probably means a lot to you this Saturday. And, well, you could just use a W this season because it, you've had your struggles this year, too, on the Race of Champions series. Yeah, you know, this race is special to a lot of people. Uh, it's, uh, I enjoy going to Lancaster anytime we can because it's close to home and such a great track uh, for racing. But the truth is, over the years with Modifieds, we've lost a lot of um, great racers, and uh, Tony and Tommy being a good example. So, uh, I, of course, I'd like to win the race. We've been fortunate enough to do a handful of times. I'm not even sure how many, but it's something I'm proud of, uh, being able to win that race. So hopefully we can do it again this Saturday. And like you said, Dave, we've had some bad luck, so it would be a feather in our cap and <laughs> maybe get us going in the right direction. Yeah, you've, uh, d despite that, though, still second in the standings, 52 behind Andy Jankowiak. Uh, you guys, you and your uh, 22 team continue to, you know, unload off the trailer fast like you did last year, you know, getting those uh, fast qualifier and heat racing points. And just come feature time, you've had some good runs, but also you've just had some, some rotten luck and some mechanical issues, too. Yeah, the, we've had two motor problems, which... I think we're testing now to like getting, I, I can't really narrow it down for sure, but it might have been a fuel problem mm -hmm. because we've had two different engines do the same thing and with the same problems. So that's been a struggle. So we've had two motor problems. We've had a crash earlier in the year with Mike Leedy, which was pretty rare that we've, that we would get together with him. And, uh, um, 
how do I say it? it wasn't my fault let's put it that way <laughs> so uh, I like to I like to say that I, I crash very not often how about that so uh. um we had a run-in with Mike Leedy, and, and since then, I mean, of course, we stayed friends and everything like that, but just a rare instance with him. And uh, so we've had we've had our share of bad luck. The difference is this year is our cars are fast and will last the whole feature, and that we've just had some uh, some issues. So Joe's been doing a great job getting the car right and everything, and our whole team has, but um, just not the good luck we need. Well, Chuck, uh, of course, you guys were at Chemung last weekend for the uh, Rod Spalding Classic, but going into that race, uh, you, you sh- kind of shook things up when you posted on social media that 2019 is going to be uh, your last year behind the wheel of a modified, and, and it caught a few people uh, off guard and by surprise, and uh, a lot of people uh, are very interested about this, Chuck, but what led you to this decision, and why chose, uh, th- th- why did you choose last week to announce it? I knew I... Um I don't look at it as a way of like walking away from racing, let's say, because I do. I I've, I can attest uh, probably um, most of the most of the good experiences in my life have been around or surrounded by racing in one way or another, whether it's people I've met or friends I've I've made or whatever. But um, the reason for my change is is more of a lifestyle change. I, I have a friend named Dan Kubley who said who told me a long time ago that he didn't start worrying about money until he was about 40 years old and now I'm right at that 40 <laughs> peak and I kind of want to change gears and even though I've done well for myself in the past um money wise I'm not trying to say that I'm that I'm struggling but I want to change gears and uh, focus some of this attention that I've that I've I, let's put it this way Dave I've been racing since I was 12 years old in one fashion or another um, every weekend, and whether you're racing or not, you're always thinking about racing. Mm-hmm. And I focus a lot of energy on um, on focusing whether it's making our team better, our cars faster, or whatever the case is. So I just have to kind of shift gears at this point, focus on some of the other things I can to for my future. Understandable, Chuck, and I respect your decision. And for you to come to realize that, I totally respect the decision. Obviously, we're gonna miss you when we won't see you on the track every week starting next year. But uh, that means we get to enjoy you the rest of this season and uh, some big races coming up with the Race of Champions Modified Series. But Chuck, you mentioned um, going back to you started when you were twelve racing go karts. Just kind of tell people or, or tell the story again how you got involved in racing and, and how you made that climb from go-karts to, to street stocks to the modifieds well that that's um i don't know how much time we have because we're covering <laughs> a lot of we're covering a lot of time but my dad uh my dad you know along with the support of my mother it was a team effort but we got a go-kart uh when i was Actually, I actually was turning laps around. There was a pond out back in my in our backyard, and I was driving laps and around there when I was just real young. So, <laughs> started by just loving loving racing. You know, I, my dad would take me as a fan, and I just fell in love with the idea of the modifieds and the drivers and and all that stuff. So, uh, once we got a go kart and started racing, I I had some good had some results and. It spiraled into, um, you know, there was racing at Lime Rock, and we won championships there, and then it went to a street stock where my dad bought it with Bill Colton's help um, picking out the car and that kind of stuff, Mm. which turned into a modified, which turned into just kept rolling since there. And um, kind of a long story, and I, I... I, I guess we can, on your podcast when we have an hour I could get more into it. But, uh, it's a long story. So, but uh, I I really um, have appreciated everyone that's been involved, and I can't thank them all personally. I would love to, but it, 
I would I would be brokenhearted if I left one person out. You know what I mean? Sure. So if if anyone that's been involved in my career is listening, I just you know I truly appreciate it. Uh, Chuck, a couple uh, memorable career moments. I'd like to go back with you. I think it's twenty years ago now, nineteen ninety nine. You had. One of your best years ever. I think that was the year you won the Lancaster Championship. You won the the Spencer Championship, driving with the Zacharias's, and I think you won the Race of Champions at Oswego. Um, the, the, what just what was that year like for you? Very busy season, but a, a lot of accolades for you that year. Yeah, that was. I remember that well because I had moved. I moved down south and then moved back and moved down south and moved back. And really, I remember that helping me a ton because I I got a job at Brett Bodine's Cup Shop. And I also met Randy LaJoy, so I would work at the cup shop, and then I would go and build seats at night. Mm. And I was just, um, I was involved in racing 24-7. And mm-hmm. when I got back, um, I was able to be a better driver and better better equipped for racing. And, and the Rudolphs were a big part of that, too. They did a they did a good job um, running, you know, running the team, and, and, and it was all my guys and that kind of stuff. But um, it was just all meshed really well those years, and... Um, it's something I'll never forget. I was young, and uh, I probably thought I was cooler than I was, and I just enjoyed my life. You know, it's just I didn't have a whole lot of cares other than racing a car, and I had a lot of fun. You mentioned Randy LaJoy. I talked to Corey last week. We had him on the show live last Sunday from Watkins Glen, and uh, you know, he mentioned the seat shop and said Chuck used to work for you guys. He said, "Yeah," and um, he doesn't he he doesn't think you're really retiring. That so I just wanted to pass that on from Corey. Well, you know, we I got pit passes um, for Watkins Glen last week, and he was one of the first people I ran into, and he's so down to earth, and he put his arm around me, and, and he said the same thing. Um, what I'll do is, um, I will say this, I'm for sure retiring as a car owner and having the cars here and, and being that vested uh, in, in the, in, in all that stuff. You know, I won't, I won't say that I'll never drive a car again or something like that, but I am... I do have to change gears. I've got some property out out back that I want to turn into like a wedding type venue or a, a company picnic venue. I want to run with that, and I I want to help Jerry with the car lot a little more. Uh, he's done a great job picking up my slack over the years, and and you know that's how we make a living. So mm-hmm. if anyone listening's in the market for a car or wants to sell their <laughs> car or needs financing, you know that's how we make a living. So um, so I want to I, like I said, I just want to change gears and uh, focus on. Being able to ret- being able to retire before 110 and um, right so you, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. You want to be the hired gun and not and not the guy paying all the bills, basically. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I I can't even commit to that, but I I wouldn't throw that idea out the window. But um, I've had so much fun with my team. I would want it to be something that I, it could continue to be fun and um, you know in a winning situation. So um, those are some of my criteria. Chuck, last Chuck Hospital, by the way, joining us from the Race of Champions Modified Series, one of the uh, all-time greats in Western New York modified racing. Uh, Chuck, something I've always wanted to talk to you about, and uh, you can co- say what you want about about this topic. If you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But, of course, you ran in the truck series for Roush Racing uh, back in the early 2000s, the uh, the famed gong show as it was. You excelled in there and got a truck ride, and then uh, it didn't pan out. Um, what did you take from being just going through that experience of your life, and what what maybe can you tell us about that whole experience? That that was a that was a very up and down feeling. I, I chased that dream of being a racer my whole life, and uh, out of sixteen hundred applicants, I was able to win that seat. And um, there was a couple things that went wrong: uh, a lack of experience on my part, but a lack of experience on 
uh, basically everyone in the team's part because at that particular time, Kurt Busch had moved up mm-hmm. and Greg Biffle had moved up, but the teams went with them. Right. And uh, what what happened because of that was everyone was left with a lot of learning and not a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't realize it. I had always raced with fa- family and friends. And uh, had I been a little more business smart, I would have had a, a backbone and I would have fought for my position. But I got kind of swept up and fired pretty quickly. And um, But I don't regret any of it. The, the bad news that I could take out of it was, um, you know, when you chase a dream like that and it got let down uh, that quickly, you know, I was really lost. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I got home, Jerry Gradle let me drive his modified and we were able to win the U.S. Open and finish second in the race of champions. And um, that really kind of made me feel good again. You know, it, yep. was, it was local racing, but um, I uh, I realized at that point, if I want to race continuously, I should stay home and not try to go down south because I, I still have friends that are down south that wanted to drive and wanted to be a racer, and, and I would have missed all the years around here mm-hmm. had I stayed down south, you know, if it didn't pan out. And it's kind of like going to Hollywood and wanting to be an actor. There's so many racers down south that want to be that want to be drivers, and, sure. and I understand it. But the odds of getting that chance again for me weren't that good. So what I did is I moved back home, and um, and you know what? It's probably a better place for me. I like to, you know me. I like to race and then have Coors Light and laugh with my buddies. <laughs> that world, that world down there um, was much more cutthroat. The perks were, you know, there was a lot of money involved, but. Um, you know, I don't know if I was cut for that kind of mold. So I was much happier here racing modifieds. And, um, you know, and, and I've done well for myself in, in other ways as far as, uh, um, you know, having having the car lot and having different relationships here. You know, money isn't everything. I could have been – it is a lot of things. It's up there with oxygen. It's <laughs> as important as oxygen. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't regret the way everything happened. It is what it is, and, and it's experience that I really um, – you know, I don't regret. Sure. Uh, yeah, I remember that victory lane at the Open in 2001, and yeah, I just remember how kind of almost relieved you were and, and how good that felt to win that race for you, bouncing back after uh, what was kind of a rough deal and also, you, you know, going up against, you know, have, having a guy like John Wood with all his connections replacing you too. That was, you were kind of up against it, uh, even with, uh, even take your performances away from it, but just someone with connections like a John Wood. It was probably a raw deal all the way around. Uh, Chuck, you mentioned just celebrating and enjoying yourself after the races and I, I had I have to say I saw some Snapchats not and it was the the Lewises and it was you and it was Kenny Troyer and Greggy the round man and Scott Wiley and I, I sent the person that posted it back I said oh boy that has a makings of a long night with that bunch get gathered together after Spencer rained out on Friday yeah we um we, <laughs> it rained but we didn't let the fun we didn't let the rain wreck the fun so we went <laughs> we went to the Lewises and had a great time, and, and you remind me of a topic I wanted to bring up, Dave. Um, I wanted to tell all my friends and family and whoever is listening, I'm going to make a post on Facebook, but we're going to take the U.S. Open as uh, as make that a fun party the whole weekend, whether it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and into Monday, but I want to have campers <laughs> and have all our friends enjoy that last race at Lancaster and really make a big, big time out of it. So uh, I'm excited about what's here left in the summer, and... Um, and, and I'm excited about uh, finishing strong. I really believe we have a chance at finishing really strong and taking some wins down and, and finishing strong in the points. So um, I'm, excited, I'm excited about everything. It's a beautiful day. We're having a party out back for a friend of mine that's leaving. He's going to be um, a pilot. So today's going to be fun and then uh, back to work tomorrow. 
Chuck Hosfeld, enjoy it, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for your time and your your candor and your uh, insights this morning. Really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck the rest of your retirement tour, I guess, it's so to speak. And uh, we'll see you Saturday night at Lancaster. Okay, buddy. Thank you. The Hot Shoe, Chuck Hosfeld. It'll be in action this Saturday night. Lancaster Speedway, the Tommy Drewer, Tony Jankowiak Memorial Modified 110 for the Race of Champions Modified Series, along with the likes of Andy Jankowiak and Mike Leedy and Patrick Emmerling, Eric Beers, George Score, and more. Uh, all the big uh, modified uh, ROC regulars will be on hand this Saturday at Lancaster, plus Super Stocks, Street Stocks, and TQ Midgets. Racing starts at 6.30. When we come back, more local racing. The local racing roundup, since we skipped it last week because we had Nate Ryan on the show, we'll, uh, we'll hit the local racing roundup next here on Fast Track on WGR. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. And our racing week started back on Monday when the Super Dirt Car Series visited the Merrittville Speedway. Eric Rudolph picked off his fourth Super Dirt Car Series win of the season over Gary Lindbergh, Ryan Soucy, Billy Decker, and Matt Williamson. A lot of familiar faces here in the top ten. Uh, Chad Chevalier won the BEI Lightning Sportsman Series event Monday there at Merrittville, and Jeremy Cooper got the win in the four-cylinders. The Super Dirt Car Series was supposed to run at uh, Ransomville Tuesday night for the Summer Nationals. That, unfortunately, got rained out, and I got almost to the track before it canceled. Not fun. Uh, Friday night action, Freedom Motorsports Park, the Pete Loretto Memorial for the Super Late Models, and no surprise, Max Blair picked up the win over Chubb Frank and Dave Scott, Brad Rouse in the Sportsman, Kurt Stebbins in the Street Stocks, Dwayne Powers in the Mini Stocks, and Tierney White picking up the win in the Bandits. Ransomville Speedway on Friday night. Chad Brockman took advantage of the top three uh, getting involved in an incident with a car that had spun on the racetrack, and Chad Brockman picked up a second win in a row in the Modifieds. Brett Sennett got the win in the Sportsman. Pete Stefanski, another street stock win. Chris Leone in the mini stocks. And Sam Junkin picked up his first career novice sportsman win Friday night there at the Big R. Saturday action. Um, also Friday night, uh, Lancaster Dragway got started, but rains came through. They got rained out in the second round. They've got truck night coming up this Friday night at Lancaster. Uh, Merrittville action on Saturday. It was Matt Williamson picking up another win in the 358 Modifieds over Pete Bicknell and Gary Lindbergh. Dylan Davidson in the sportsman over JMF. And Jay Mallory, Rob Murray in the Hoosier Stocks, Kyle Rothwell in the four-cylinders, Brent Begelow got the win in the Mod Lights, and John Couture got the six-cylinder win there. Uh, Saturday at Merrittville, Genesee Speedway on Saturday, they had a uh, doubleheader there for the Super Lates. They had the race that got rained out after the heats on July 4th. That was won by Max Blair. Then they did it all over again for a, another ULMS Super Late Model race, and David Scott got that one over Chubzilla, Chubb Frank, and Max Blair finishing third. So uh, Max Blair, a first, a two first and a third there between Freedom and Genesee this weekend. Ray Bliss, Zeke the Street, got the win in the Sportsman over Kyle Inman and Dave Conant. Gary Christ, I believe that is, in the Super uh, Super 6 late model series. Josh Pangrazio in the street stocks. Deanna Jackson in the mini stocks. Jake Bansmer got the win in the Bandits there uh, Saturday at the Genesee Speedway over in Batavia. Uh, tonight, Humberstone Speedway, they've got the Action Sprint Tour with uh, Sportsman, Thunderstocks, Mini Stocks, and Pro 4 Trucks uh, coming up at 6.30 tonight over there at the uh, Humberstone Speedway in Port Colborne. And, uh, yeah, this Saturday night, uh, Tommy Tony 110, one of the biggest races of the year in Western New York is uh, this Saturday night uh, over at Lancaster Speedway. Back-to-back Saturdays coming up uh, for the... Uh, for the stock car program there at Lancaster with uh, them running the following Saturday as well, too, with the Ken Heckler uh, Tribute Street Stock Race for 
the uh, the street stocks there at Lancaster uh, uh, the following Saturday, August the 24th. That'll do it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget the cup race coming up uh, at 3 o'clock, uh, just after 3 o'clock, green flag. Pre-race at 2. By the way, catch the pre-race with MRN. I just saw on Twitter uh, they'll have a nice conversation with Roger Penske and Rusty Wallace uh, doing a little pre-race interview. That's going to be part of their pre-race show on MRN, so tune in and catch that. That should be pretty good. Uh, when uh, Rusty gets together with his uh, former car owner. And then Green Flag after 3 o'clock, you can tweet me during the race at Fast Track 550. You can tweet me, too, during SummerSlam tonight if you're watching that. And uh, we'll be back next Sunday. We'll have the uh, Bristol night race to review, everything that went down at Bristol. And uh, we'll uh, talk about all the great local racing action, too, next, next weekend here on Fast Track. We'll talk to you next Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.